0: You are listening to Understanding Disordered Eating with Rachel Heinemann. I'm a licensed mental health counselor and a certified eating disorder specialist. On this weekly podcast, we talk about all things psychoanalysis and eating disorder recovery. It's a combination of interviews with experts in psychoanalysis and eating disorders and some solo episodes where it will just be the two of us. The goal of the podcast is to help you try to understand a little bit more about yourself Gain a deeper understanding for why you do the things you do and bring you one step closer to a healthier relationship with food and yourself. Hey, hey, episode 115. We're talking about how to recover when everyone around you seems to be dieting or obsessed with their weight. Now, before we jump into that, If you're looking for more of a concrete way of how to take some of these ideas and apply them to your life, or at least think a little bit more deeply about you and your individual life, scroll to the show notes or go to the website, grab your free copy of my journal prompts. There are plenty of prompts in there for everybody. So you can either take them step-by-step in terms of how I've laid it out for you, or you can just take them prompts and run with it. But either way, they are a great place to start thinking about your own life and your relationship with food, your history, and how to deepen your understanding of all of these different pieces. And obviously, you know, work toward a better relationship with food and yourself. Now for today's topic, it's a little bit tricky because we live in a world where everyone is either dieting. I mean, they don't say they're dieting anymore. They just sort of like to eat healthy-ish. And people are certainly interested in how they look, their weight. Maybe they don't want to look exactly how they wanted to look 20 years ago, but there is a standard. And mostly everyone's obsessed with it. So if you're trying to work toward a healthier relationship with food in your body... This is going to be an issue that you encounter all the time, sort of maybe it'll range from periodically to every single moment. But the idea is that this this happens to every single person. Maybe you just don't want to tell people what's going on. And for sure, not the people who are in your immediate life. So they don't actually know. Or maybe, and this is kind of worse, you did tell people, maybe you went to treatment, you're back. You're really, really working hard on this recovery thing. Or they just know that you have this thing and they do it anyways. Either way, this is happening all the time. The number one thing that's really, really, really important to keep in mind with this is that it is not your job to convert these people. You are not on a mission to help them see the world the way that you do. You are not on a mission to help them understand intuitive eating, eating disorder recovery, not pursuing weight loss. That is not your job. You do not have to engage. And I say this because a lot of the pressure that a lot of people feel when they're around people who are talking about dieting or actively watching what they're eating around them without saying anything is almost this like knee-jerk reaction of engaging in the conversation or saying something about it. Because it's hard not to. Think about this sort of like physical reaction that you might have, maybe not everyone, but this sort of physical reaction. And and maybe it resembles some sort of anger like, I can't believe they're talking about this. I can't believe it. Either way, even if you feel so compelled to say something, don't do it for yourself. This is not about them. This is about you. Don't engage in conversation even if it's an attempt to stand up for yourself. Meaning, even if the question or the comment is directed toward you, because let's say these people know that you're trying this intuitive eating thing and, or you're in recovery from an eating disorder or you're just conscious of your relationship with food and you don't want to do this whole yo-yo dieting thing and they direct a question at you. Let's choose a supercharged one Hey, Linda, what do you think about Ozempic? Three of my friends have tried it. Linda, don't bite the bait. I'm telling you, just don't. Whatever you have to do, don't engage. And I think we can all see how this conversation can play out if you do engage. I think ultimately, even if you are the world's best debater, none of these people are asking you in a good faith well, you know, let me scale that back. Maybe we won't say none. And if someone truly comes to you and say, says, I've been reading up all this stuff on Ozempic or on intuitive eating. And here are some of my questions because this thing doesn't add up and this thing doesn't add up. And because I actually do stand for this other thing. What are your thoughts on it? That is a very, very, very different conversation than the ones that we all know that we have experienced. And therefore, if somebody is coming at you with the kind of conversation that is not open to hearing your thoughts, and you can tell by their approach, do yourself a favor and don't engage. I think that this is maybe the point that you're at, whatever that is, whether you're thinking about changing your relationship with food, or you've been on this journey for years, and you're, you know, sort of trying to get the hang of it. I throw us all in this boat of don't engage. I live in the world, I certainly engage with people who or at least interact with people who are dieting or are obsessed or at least preoccupied. And the conversation comes out all the freaking time. I don't talk to them. I don't try. I just don't think that it's worth it. It's not going to end up in a place where it's going to help me. And if I'm the person who is literally doing this as my job and I don't engage, trust me when I say don't do it. They're not interested in your questions. So having said that, the number one focus, if it's not going to be on engaging with these people, whether it's in conversation or otherwise, the focus needs to be on you. You are number one in this journey. This is your life. This is your relationship with food. And this is ultimately your happiness. So whatever you're up to, whether it's focusing on eating three meals and three snacks, even if the people around you are not having anywhere near that, keep challenging yourself with whatever you're up to. And that could be something that every week or every however frequently you meet with your dietitian, you're outlining, this is the specific challenge. So I'm having this type of food, I'm eating this at this specific time or whatever it is, keep challenging yourself with whatever you're up to. This is going to be where tunnel vision is gonna be really, really, really important. You need to keep your eyes on your personal goals. And when we have that sort of tunnel vision, hopefully we can create these like almost blinders, these these visual blinders that I'm like almost doing this. You can't obviously see where my hands are, but I'm like literally blocking out other people. No, do not infiltrate my space. I am eating three meals, three snacks. I am challenging myself with my fear foods. Do not penetrate this wall. Now, as much as I'm not the biggest fan of affirmations and ma- mantras, for sure not on its own, but I do think that mantras are going to come in, in handy, or call it what you want. So maybe they're not affirmations or they're not mantras, but you can have a special name for them. It's gonna be important because I think this is going to be able to tailor this conversation to your specific situation. You know the people in your life and you know the things that they say all the time. You know their comments, you know their their judgments. So you can sort of take whatever they're saying or whatever you think that they're saying or thinking or judging. And create these affirmations that are actually true. And even if you don't necessarily believe them, if you say them to yourself over and over and over again, it'll sort of at least create this other side for you. It doesn't only have this other side of people saying, you know, oh, you're, you're eating white bread. Like, oh my God, you're going to gain so much weight. Or are, are you serious? You're going to have an Oreo? You're going to have four Oreos? Like, wow, that is so unhealthy. Or... Uh, maybe people don't say this anymore. Maybe this is dating myself, but like one moment on the lips forever on your hips. I mean, like that's like super eye roll, ridiculous comment. But if those are the kinds of things that people are saying, you can tell yourself, I will not gain weight from having white bread. Eating Oreos doesn't make me unhealthy. It's not bad for me. Or even things that are a little bit more general, not specific to foods, but I don't have to invest all of my energy into wellness, into being healthy. I can use some of my energy somewhere else. My body doesn't define me. Health and wellness and all of these things are so nuanced. And so many different things are part of wellness and health that if we narrow it down just to food, Then I'm doing myself a disservice, things like this, whether the mantras are very, very short couple words or full sentences, and you can write them on your mirror, put them on sticky notes everywhere, have them in your mind, say them, write them down, at least create another side because you have this army on the other side that is whether explicit or implicitly saying the other side. So at least just make it even and you can keep telling them to yourself. The other thing that's also going to be helpful for you to say to yourself, whether it's out loud or you just say it in your mind, to identify what they're saying and identify that as something that's disordered or insert whatever word you use for disordered eating, that kind of thinking is going to keep me sick. That kind of thinking is going to keep me obsessed about food and body. And I want a free mind, or at least I want a version of a free mind. I do not want to subscribe to that. Maybe it works for them, but it most certainly doesn't work for me. And that is not going to serve me in the long run. If you can, get up and leave the room. Like actually create space between you and these people, you and this conversation, put in headphones, um, you know, anything that create can create distance. If there are people that are open, then you can ask them, can we change the subject? Maybe they will, or you can change the subject without asking and just sort of, lead the conversation elsewhere. But again, this puts the onus on you. And if this is something that only if this speaks to you, don't change the subject if that feels like too much work for you. Now, the last prong of this, besides for, you know, applying mantras and and talking to yourself, talking through it, uh, you know, thinking things that may not feel 100% true, doing whatever it is that you need to do, focusing on yourself, The last part that's really, really, really important as well to keep in mind is increasing your support. So if there are lots of people around you who are not subscribing to anything remotely helpful to you in this journey, you're not gonna be able to get rid of them, especially if they're your family. And if you can, that would be great. But if they're your family, probably not. And what we can focus on is trying to increase your support outside, people who do understand so that could be as simple as following these kinds of people on social media and and reading up on this kind of information as opposed to following other people on social media but specifically having conversations that can be with an actual conversation with somebody who understands a friend uh, for sure a therapist but you know this is more peers having these kinds of conversations and making it more normal sort of balancing out the type of talk that's happening around you. But something that I think is also underrated is a support group. So no, the support group can't show up at your home or at the restaurant and, uh, you know, do some sort of cheerleading gig for you and be that sort of support. But you'd be surprised how well you can learn to tolerate really, really, really difficult situations in the moment when you know that you have people to go back to later. So it can be an official support group or it could be unofficial where it's you create it yourself, one person, two, two people. Having that place outside to talk about it, which allows you to be in a situation and almost file this away or keep it in your mind without having to burst or, or say something or, or engage with eating disorder behaviors. And you can hold onto it and talk about it with your people later. Now, sort of as a signature to understanding disorder reading, we always want to ask why. And I don't think that we're going to come up with any specific answers right now, but at least we just to start asking the questions. Think about what makes these particular situations so hard for you. These are, across the board, really difficult situations to be in. And I think when we say, oh, this is just a difficult situation to be in, we then throw the baby out with the bathwater in terms of saying... It's just difficult and not really looking at how this might be difficult for you in particular. What are your specific triggers? One of my favorite words, not, but we're using it. How are you specifically triggered? What is going on in your mind that makes these moments really difficult? So is this something that the entire group does and it's pretty excluding or whatever that word is? to not engage in this diet talk with them? Do you want to be included? Not obviously in this particular conversation, but is this bringing up thoughts and feelings about being excluded or being different or feeling unseen if people are having these conversations and and not really knowing that you're absolutely struggling with this particular idea and you're feeling really unseen or unheard? Does it make you feel really angry? What, feelings come along with these patterns? Is it hard for you to do something that's against the current? I mean, for the most part, people are talking this way. Is it hard for you to stand up and and do something different, even if it's not out loud? You know, just something for yourself. It's hard to do something different. What does it mean to you to be different? Does it make you feel insecure because they're talking about all these things and then it makes you have poor body image? How does your body image connect with your level of insecurity or security? These are just questions to ask yourself after the fact, maybe now that you're listening to this and you're not necessarily in this situation and feeling heated, the next question to ask yourself is what do you need based on your answers to these questions? So circling back to the idea of having the journal prompts, and that's something that you can absolutely go and download. These are questions that are going to be really helpful for you tailored to your specific situation. What is triggering about being around people who are dieting or interested in wellness or obsessed with wellness? What is really hard for you about it? And what sort of patterns does it bring up in you? And then the next thing is, so then what does that mean you need? And I think bringing all of these pieces together to make sure that you increase your support and focus on your own self, don't engage, leave the situation, all of these ways that you can try to help yourself ultimately really can be enhanced by thinking about the whys behind it. Now, I know that even if you implement every single piece of advice in this podcast episode, it's still gonna be hard. This is something that almost every single person struggles with. You are not alone. And it doesn't mean that you won't get better. It doesn't mean that you'll succumb to whatever they're talking about You can do it. And I know that it's incredibly difficult and I know that it poses some really complicated challenges and you can do it. You absolutely can. You made it to the end. Thank you for listening. Every single one of your downloads means so much to me. If this conversation is leaving you wanting more, be sure to sign up for my newsletter you'll have the opportunity to reply back directly to me over there. Can't wait to see you in your inbox.